In this episode of Easy Jazz Spotlight, host Ken Boyd speaks to Toronto singer Linda Carone. Linda is producing some amazing videos and tells Ken that she also works as a graphic designer, creating her own album artwork. The interview begins with Linda describing herself as a vintage jazz artist. With a voice that's been described as rich and pure, Linda Corona is in our jazz spotlight today. Linda, thanks for being here. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> um, vintage jazz singer, you refer to yourself as a vintage jazz singer as opposed to modern jazz? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the music that I like tends to be, you know, the songs that I choose tend to be from the 20s, 30s, and 40s. That's sort of my base um, or core. You know, that's what inspired me to um, to use my voice. And and from there, of course, there's uh, there's all sorts of other music. I, I like my recent album that kind of delves into the 50s um, a little bit more. So, um, yeah. So there's, uh, you know, and I've got so many different influences and, and you do kinds of music that I love. So it's hard to get it all in there. But <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I listened to your album this week, your new album, uh, Lemon Twist, and I had a lemon twist in my drink while I was listening to your new, your tunes. And you got this Latino thing going on in some of that music and uh, some bossa nova kind of vibes. I liked it. I liked um, it a lot. We're going to talk more about that album a little bit later on. Yeah. It, yeah. Was released, it was released this year, so good for you. And I want to talk about that album. But let's talk to us about, Linda, what music means to you. What? Wow. Without it, um, there then there's I, it's everything is lifeless. I think, right? So, um, it's it's another language. It's a language that I understand. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's another language. I think it's a universal language that um, I agree. Right with with everything that's going on in the world, um, music always brings us together, and whatever it is, so. Um, and they yeah. last a lifetime. Some songs when you're a kid or certain moments in your life, you know, that song, you remember that moment and you can almost taste it, right? Your memory, yeah. it's that sense memory thing. Yeah. And I have, you know, I get those songs. It's like you don't really realize how much they influence you or stay with you. Like even like commercials that you saw when you were five years old totally. or the kids programs or whatever. Because every once in a while you start, do -do -do, you sing a little something and it's like, oh, yeah, where's that from? <laughs> yeah right so yeah, yeah no kidding so yeah. when did you start listening to jazz and who in particular would you consider some of your inspirations and i know there's many yeah um well i guess um i think that i was probably absorbing stuff from you know television like 60s and 70s kind of uh stuff but didn't really didn't really come into the jazz let's say like appreciating it well let's say i was got into punk rock <laughs> and um and yeah so my first roommate my best friend at the time she was um listening she listened to tom waits mm -hmm. and billy holiday and besides that we had our punk rock stuff but um the billy holiday was um something that just hit me you know and and from there um, I so, guess... hey, let's get this straight, Linda. So you're telling me that you're in a punk rock band listening. No, I wasn't in a band. No, no, no. Oh, no, okay, no. okay, okay, okay. No, no, 
listening to music. No, I came in to uh, start singing much later in my life. So, oh, okay. um, right. yeah, only about 20 years ago. And so, so there's a whole lifetime there of, um, I wouldn't say that I wasn't doing music. I was probably collecting absorbing. music, absorbing, absorbing. I was listening to the radio and I was, you know, with right. the, uh, ghetto blasters we call them and then record like radio shows and something that i would like um there was a show that i used to listen to called the sweet patootie show it was on the the university or college station here um and that was kind of an introduction to the women of the blues like the root you know uh roots women um and that that was a spark right so between that and billy holiday billy holiday you know, just this emotion and something about her voice and and um, the feeling. I really connected with that. So so that all came together, right? And just picking things up, listening and listening to other music along the way too. So just absorbing a lot of different music. Right. Um, so even something that I was listening to when I was twenty, um, you know, I picked up. That was something that stayed in my mind and that those are some of the things that I included in my first album and, and probably my second one. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And then your, uh, your first foyer onto stage, how were you feeling about that? What All this music was kind of a launching pad or a springboard into that next scene of your life, which be performer. Yeah. That wasn't something that I wanted to do um, and that I avoided. That, that was my fear, I guess. That was the obstacle that I had. Because even though I was, you know, I liked singing at home. And um, I think it was, you know, my first boyfriend heard me. I would sing in the tub. And he says, oh, you know, you have a beautiful voice. And I never really thought about that. You do. <laughs> so, but it took me a long time from then um, to actually get up and perform. So it was it was a long, long <laughs> and how was that me. first time? How was that first time for you, Linda? Probably horrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did the nerves really, really bad. Like, uh, but when you're finished the gig, where you're just that inner smile going, I did it. Yeah, I think I'm doing that now. Like, after all this time, it's yeah, I did it. You know, so I don't have that kind of fear when I go up now. You know, my partner, he asks me, uh, oh, aren't you scared? There's going to be so many people. And it's like, no, yeah. <laughs> he gets interested in me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're sure but, comfortable uh, on stage watching your, your YouTube videos and stuff like that. You're very comfortable up there. Yeah. Good yeah. fit. Yeah. Thanks for You have to do it a few times. and Yeah. Get, you just have to. I guess it's just facing the fear. So um, I tried some visualization things, maybe. Or, uh, yeah. Like Let's talk yeah. about your new album, Lemon Twist. I listened to Bobby Troop's 54 version the other day, too, as well. He had more uh, horns in his. You got more piano. I like it, though. Yeah. So, uh, why the title Lemon Twist? Why did you choose that title for your album? Um, I think because th that sort of encompasses the whole... Um, the 50s era, right? Bobby Troop, 1954. He was, um, you know, he had this program, the Stars of Jazz. Yep. So he brought in all these performers. So that was, you know, the West Coast kind of scene. And um, I just felt that that kind of tied it all in together. 
And then it kind of gave me a theme too with um, with all the artwork. Um, I did all the artwork myself as well. Ooh, great. Which, um, yeah, you know, I got that. Fantastic. Yeah. 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 I like it. So, Describe yeah. your, your creative process when you're putting this album together. You have 11 tunes on the album, I believe, right? Well, okay. So the spark really was um, so many beautiful men, so little time. That was the single that I released um, two years prior to that. Yes. So that was my precursor. And that was really, um, that's also mitt smack dab in the middle of uh, 1950s there. Yeah. I like and that, so that was my my um, spark into this album and the whole genre around it um, because I had the same, some of the same players in there in that song. So, um, and bringing them back into this album, you know, the rest yeah. of the album. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Mostly all of the offbeat and past standards kind of tunes. Wonder why that is. Why is that? I don't know. It just feels, um, if I, I have to like it um, or love it, mm -hmm. and and uh, and that's just what I like. So I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to. Um, obviously, jazz is already sort of a niche within the whole music industry. Um, so I'm just doing, you know, music that I like and songs that I like, and also I think a lot of them are under rated like um you know and need to be heard like like the marijuana cha-cha-cha I like that uh, that I was introduced to there's there's a there's an idea that I was introduced to in like the 90s I was at a friend's in Montreal and he was a he was a DJ and he had all this vinyl and he used to play that and that was just stuck in my head ever since and um I have performed that song um in its original language which is uh, Hungarian and I do not speak Hungarian, but I've been doing performing that way. And I just thought, you know, I really want to put this on the album. And I wrote the English lyrics. I wanted to have English lyrics and, and write something. So that's the only thing that I've written on here um, for that. But the, yeah. the chorus is the same. The Meriguana Cha Cha Cha. So I like it. I like it. I like all the tunes on the album. They're all different too. Like you pick some, they're all different. They all give you yeah. a different vibe kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. While we're on the subject, let's listen to one of Linda Crone's okay. tunes from her new album, Lemon Twist. <laughs> Next one looks more 
to grieve them If you keep them, you got to please them So many beautiful men So little time And then one day Walking by my way I met a cat With oodles of class Hello, baby Another future just passed And there's so many beautiful men So little time There's so many wonderful guys Gonna be mine I'll take the time to hug them Time to squeeze them Time to love them And time to tease them So many beautiful men So little time Cronus in our jazz spotlight today. Linda, what is it about music and in particular jazz that makes you feel so passionate? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Um, Because I'm passionate about all sorts of music. (laughs) Um, I think it lends itself to a lot of improvisation. Yeah, jazz. Um, Yeah, so you have a lot of leeway with it and, and you can interpret it in your own 
in your own way. I mean, you know, the standard is very standard. Um, and it's been repeated over and over. And that's, you know, I, I do do some standards in my sets and depending my venue that I'm playing at. But, um, you know, to present something on an album, I wanted to get, you know, songs that really just affect me in whatever way, whether it's making me want to dance or sing, because I love doing all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, 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 and it, it's in some of your notes and some of your, uh, press notes and I'm going to press quotes and I'm going to mention one before we wrap today. Um, however, I agree with them that you, you call it vintage jazz and you're right. It's from the twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, but you make it new. Yeah. And I fresh, mean, okay. you know, and that's a cool modern, thing, yeah. what do you call it? That, that's the thing. It's, it's kind of hard to, to, um, you know what do you call it like it's not straight vintage but that's everything's vintage now really <laughs> yeah. um yeah definitely it's got a modern twist to it with all the different uh musicians that are on there and interpretation and definitely i mean and also you know some of the recordings from the past are just not like a high quality so it kind of brings it into that realm right yeah what do you think about audiences why why you're um what is so special about a jazz audience as opposed to other you know audiences for other gigs jazz audiences are usually more open-minded i guess um they're open like to something that that will be new um to them like when I have an audience, um, you know, I have loyal people that come out that want to hear those songs. There are new people there that are, you know, say, oh, they really like to learn about the history of the song. I, I, I try to, you know, give a little bit of information or background about why I'm bringing the song or who originally sang it or whatever. And, um, uh, you know, because we want to honor those those people too, right? And And let people know about it. So... So they really appreciate that. I think they're more appreciative of um, the songs, the songwriters, and obviously the musicians. Um, yeah. yeah, speaking of musicians, uh, you work with a variety of players in the Toronto circuit and for this album. Do you want to give some of those people a credit now? Sure. Well, um, George Kohler is the um, bassist. Um, he also produced this album with me. Um, he produced my first album. And so that was great. So, <laughs> so I was like, okay, you gotta help me with this one. Um, and of course his playing, uh, initially when I saw George play bass, you know, a lot of people, uh, bass players on, oh God, I've got to go to the, you know, for a small or whatever, but he's very captivating. I find, um, with the bass. And, um, and then, of course, Jeremy Ledbetter was, um, is the pianist, and he was, uh, I hadn't heard about him, but I saw him at uh, one of the festivals here in Toronto, and I was like, wow, blown away. And I just thought, I think I want to have him on the album. So that's something I discussed with George. Um, the same thing with um, Luis Orbigoso. He did the percussions, and... Um, yeah, I definitely wanted to have him because that's what I, I wanted to have that vibe 
um, that was like, that would kind of just really pump up this CD, right, to where I wanted it to be. Um, and then um, Ben Whitman on the drums. Right. The, the one song, The So Many Beautiful Men, was um, Perry White was did the saxophone on that initially. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we brought Johnny Johnson on sax um, through the album. And then, of course, um, Alexander Brown on trumpet, who's also, yeah, that George, George had mentioned him. I hadn't known about him, and I looked into him, and it was just like, yeah, he's fantastic. So yeah. just, they're all, team, Linda. all stellar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's cool. So the album came out this year in January, uh, and you can yep. find it on your socials, I'm sure, and your website, correct? Yeah, on my website, um, I sell my the actual physical album from my website, and also on Bandcamp. Um, and other than that, all the digital formats, you know, Spotify, wherever you can find. Of course, I don't like to promote Spotify too much because, you know, Uh as artists you know we don't make money off that but it has been a good um way to get out to different audiences and i found that with my debut cd right it was just like oh wow um and also on youtube yeah people people find you that they will find you i found you yeah you know (laughs) because you gotta get out of your hometown i guess yeah so linda what would yeah. you want to be? What would you want to be if you weren't a jazz singer? What would I want to be? If you weren't a jazz singer, what, you, what else would you want to be? Or, or would you want to be anything else? Just an interesting question. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. If, uh, I mean, I am other things. I mean, I, I'm a graphic designer. Um, designed my CD and I've also been working on my, well, actually, doing the videos i've had to um do some self learning of how to create my own videos because just simply because of the budget or lack of budget yeah i see um, yeah i really I enjoy see you that. doing the dancing yeah yeah well i always love dancing yeah i've I can done see that, that too fast a little bit of uh you know in the clubs with the go-go dancing i had a troop of uh girls and guys and we used to go to different clubs and dance and stuff um <laughs> so i've done a little bit of everything a little bit of costume design fashion design this and that so yeah a little bit of but the music now that i've been doing that it's kind of like okay now i've kind of felt well i've done this i don't really have to do it i, I you know i really did it for myself it's like i because it was so hard for me to get to the point of doing the performance and all that but i really do love the songs and and i and and it's a different language for or way for me to express myself. I don't find myself um, very good at speaking, like interviews. <laughs> right. So I just stick to the, the visuals or the singing kind of stuff. Yeah, good but, for you. Well, I yeah. wish you well with Lemon Twist. It's a great album. As I said, I listened to it this week more than once. And uh, I really wish you well. What is next for Linda Carone? Summer concerts? Are you doing some summer gigs? Summer yeah. shows? We have a few um, coming up, um, which I will post on my website. I'm just working that through that right now. We've got um, our Yorkville spot. We've got the distillery district. So, um, yeah, so I've been working. I'm starting to work on that now because I've been doing my own publicity, and that's been very time-consuming and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, There's something else you do, you see? So there's 
so many things to do. <laughs> yeah, the big gig. Hey, fresh a press quote from you or for you, Linda. Linda Caron's taste in music is born of great jazz vocalists, and her voice is refreshingly grown up and womanly. It's the voice of a singer who has stories to tell, great diction, affection for the melody, and the lovely inflections that one might expect from a 78 RPM. How cool is that? But recorded here in a modern crisp recording of some delicious yet overlooked songs in jazz history. Linda, thanks for being in our jazz spotlight today. Thank you so much. <laughs> Appreciate it. This has been another edition of Easy Jazz Spotlight. Be sure to join us next time.